Spirit Switchboard, airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 New Orleans. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Spirit Switchboard. I am your host, Carrie Lynn Shellhorn, and you are listening to us live on 105.3 and 107.7 New Orleans. Today, today we have an extra special guest. It is um, my son, Taylor, uh, Taylor Ciccatelli. Uh, he is going to be joining me from Calgary, and we are going to be talking about paranormal conspiracies today. Thanks for joining me, Taylor. Hi, mom. <laughs> fun, right? It is fun. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. I uh, fun. I was thinking about what I would say when we started. I think for the week that you gave me a heads up that we'd be doing this today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that we're here, I have no idea what to say. But hi, mom. Well, I oh, think yeah. it's fun. I think for people that don't know that don't know us, you are my oldest uh, son. My firstborn kiddo, which is here. Yeah, my firstborn. And uh, you moved to Calgary. um, I did. I flew the coop. I left the nest. Yeah. Yeah. First one Um, to do it twice, actually. And how long ago have you, did you move? I've been here for two years now. Um, Calgary is, I feel like I don't want to talk about it because if I talk about it, I'm going to be giving up the secret that Calgary is actually an awesome city. It's uh, it has a reputation as being cowboy town, and I feel like I should maintain, I should stay on brand for the episode today. But I feel like I should create a conspiracy theory live now that it is exactly as bad as you think it is. Wink. It is actually awesome. Like Calgary is is so inviting. It's so kind. The people here are amazing. Um, I'm a weirdo, and everyone I met just like scooped me up and like made me feel right at home did you remember when we lived in edmonton because we lived when you were small we lived just outside of edmonton on the military base there for a period of time so did it so i have gone to places where whether it's deja vu or uh, a comfort level um actually tupelo mississippi was one of them um where there was just such a comfort level it felt like being at home so yeah. did Calgary have that feel for you when you landed? Uh, not when I landed, actually. When I landed, uh, it was like the middle, like it felt like the middle of the night because it was dark because I moved here in November. And um, when I got here and I was looking around near the airport where it's flat and kind of like bordering on the plains into the rest of Alberta, uh, I felt like I was making a horrible mistake because I took off. From, from Ontario in like the height of autumn. And it was like beautiful trees and the rolling green hills and, and, and woods everywhere. It was so lush in Ontario and you land in Alberta and it's like cold and flat and the grass is brown and there's no trees. And it felt like, <laughs> it felt like such a mistake, but, um, but it did. I know like to, to your question. Yeah, absolutely. Like as it warmed up, cause a lot of my memories I have of when we were here in Edmonton, uh, we're in the summer. I don't have a lot of winter memories, yeah. but um, we're all in the summer. And and seeing the last two, yeah, 
the two summers that I've had in, in Calgary, seeing the grass, seeing the plains, seeing the low rolling hills. Um, yeah, like a, a nostalgia that I didn't think I'd have before. It felt like coming home, which is uh, in, in, I guess, a story that we have, like a very rare experience. Um, well, you're an urban explorer, too. I love it. Yeah. Like, you make a point of exploring places that you go to. Yeah. The first, like I lived in Camor, Alberta for the, for five months before I actually even moved down to, to Calgary. Um, but I was doing it there and I've been doing it here. My first two months of living in Calgary, I'm looking on my window, looking at the city right now. Uh, my first two months in Calgary, all I did was just travel around on foot. I would purposely leave my phone at home and then go get myself lost somewhere in the city just so I could find my way home, so I could find my bearings, find the the weird little like secret spots that cities always seem to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, I just let the intuition guide me. I made a lot of friends that way. Uh, I made a lot of clients that way too, which was like how I built up my clientele. That would, right, that so that's something that uh, you have sort of followed in my in my footsteps and it seems to be a family thing so it is. I, used, I used to be a hairstylist it was my job when you guys were small um that was my career and my sister so aunt Chrissy and um my sister-in-law uncle Corey's uh, uncle Corey's yeah. wife so is a hairstylist as well too it's just in the in the family and now and, me and carrying the torch yeah, carrying the yeah, job. and it's such a, it's it's an intimate job, like it's a very intimate job. Uh, it's incredibly intimate, um, about as intimate as I think I could possibly stand it. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, as much Do as I love people. Do you have people that this. ask for quiet cuts? Because that's a thing now. All the time, all the time. I've got my people that like love the um, opportunity to be still. They love that they don't have to say anything or talk. Right. And I've got the opposite too. I have my Chatterbox clients and they're yeah. amazing and I love them. I, they're so much fun. I have, I had a compliment given to me recently that my, all of my people are like outwardly weird. Like they wear their weird on the outside, which I said, like, thank you. Like, I hope I, that's what I want. Uh, right. Well, to create a, yeah, a, I've a got safe, my vulnerable people. space, right? A safe, vulnerable yeah. space for them to be able 100%. to just be, right? 100%. But yeah, I've got my quiet people. And they're like, uh, if it was a video game, they would be like the save point where you can just like rest and take a break from from the nonstop, like heightened level of attention that you're in. Where you're just like, just being, if you feel like a child at a beach, just getting slammed with waves of like people's emotions all day long. And then you have someone right. sitting in your chair and they're like, I actually just want to like be quiet and maybe fall asleep for the next hour. Like, yeah, I'm so down for that. That sounds that sounds and good for me too. There's something soothing about, you know, having somebody's fingers in your hair and Oh, it feels just, amazing. You feel the tongue coming down off the roof of your mouth and your jaw relaxing and your shoulders relaxing. Totally. You just get into totally. space, right? I have a couple of clients of mine that fall asleep every single time I cut their hair. Wow. They pass they pass right out. One of them dropped a cup of coffee. I, okay. I was watching it happen. It was like a don't worry, it was like Bobo a like a paper movement. cup. But yeah. I was watching it slowly happen. And there was a part of me, it was the intrusive thoughts that were just like, you should just let it fall. I just wanted to see if it actually like would just drop onto the floor. And I let it happen. I don't know why I did. I don't know why I did that. But <laughs> Did the client wake up then? Oh, yeah. He snapped away. Yeah. 
like, did I do that? I was like, no, nah, I was somebody else, man. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of the shop. Yeah. Actually, we do have a ghost story. We our, our shop the go- does. So tell me story. where, let, tell everybody where you're working. That's So I'm working at Johnny's Barbershop in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, there's two locations. I'm specifically working at the one on First Street, just off of Stephen Ave. Right. Um, which is the, like, it's the oldest road in Calgary. Oh, it might be the second oldest. It's one of the two. Um, but it's old. You can feel it. It's uh, It was built right across from the Palliser Hotel. It's like 150 years old. Calgary is not that old, but 150 years is still like 150 years. Yeah. Um, and a hotel brings its own baggage of oh yeah oh totally ghosts totally totally uh this has become like famous shop lore it was right before christmas the shop was full it was really really busy um and where i'm sitting i'm see i can see the door directly not sitting like where i'm working right behind my chair i can see the front door very clearly um and it's really heavy door. You got to give it a lot of love to, to actually like open it up. This is all context of the story. But the shop is full. Music's on. We're all talking. We're all laughing. Everybody's got someone in their chair. And all of us hear this sound on the door. This I hope you, this picks up. You can just hear like a... Like that. And then the door flies open. And then slowly comes shut again. And it was the wildest thing because we were all just like... You guys just see that? Like everyone just stopped and watched it happen by like the, the second knock. We all like looked at the door and it just threw open and it shut. And there was like the stillness in the air was so thick. <laughs> like everyone's like, did you see that? Did you see that? And we like everyone Did was anybody that. say hello? How you doing? No. Thanks for coming in. Um, Steven did actually. Yeah, my boss. He he went to the door and he looked at it and he was like, Hello? <laughs> like he opened it up, he's like, Hello? And then closed it. And then we just like like it was okay, just like dry off the palms real quick and we'll just go back to work. Um weird. We like tested it to there was like a solid week of like the most uh I don't know how you describe it. Um like average person's paranormal investigation happening where we were like, we were like super unequipped to like handle dealing with a ghost in the house. But right. for like, uh, but we still do. We talk to, we say goodnight to the building now. Right. Right. And house, all that stuff yeah. matters because at, totally. at the end of it, if, if that spirit's there and they were trying to get attention in order to be crossed over that, that energy would amp up until you, absolutely had to pay attention to it sometimes they just want to hang out because it's the environment and so debunking can you know that's smart to make sure that it's not um you know air pressure that changed into you know that crosswind with the door being open somewhere else within the space you know you can't it's like suction cup closed like you have to like really really open it up right Um, and calgary gets windy and it's never blown open before ever and it hasn't right. since. Like the door's never like done it again. And maybe it just needed whatever's there in that shop just needed attention. So it's now as a rule, thing. we say good night, Johnny's when we when we leave the shop at night. And oh that's fun. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think um, so that still feeds the energy to it, right? So it so are you manifesting more to potentially happen or 
who knows? I guess you ha- time will tell, right? Who knows? Who knows? Nothing's happened since. So I think whatever was there just needed us to know that it was there. That's yeah. how I've interpreted it. Yeah. But it's it's the weirdest thing that's ever happened at the shop. And we still, we still talk about it to this day. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. You need to check the history of the building and the land. It's old. Yeah. It's it's old. I think the building's 100 years old. I know that the brick is still the original brick of the, of the building. And the brick itself is 100 years old. So Interesting. Very. 100 years is a lot. All long of that. Would it, was it... Um... There's a, a term, there is a term. I actually wrote it down because it was attached to one of the stories that I wanted to talk about today. So let me just bear with me for a second. I'm, um, let's see if I can come to it fast. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull it up in my head too. I feel like I know what you're going to say. Stone tape theory. Oh, no, no idea. I don't know what okay. this is. Okay. So stone tape theory is... Um, when the location or the the place records any of the negativity that happens and it replays it oh so oh interesting if if something happened into that place so it's 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 if anybody wants to you know shoot me a message it's carrylynn.shellhorn at gmail.com to let me know more about it you feel free (laughs) like you can Yes. Yeah. That's really don't fascinating. Don't tape theory. So that's really yes. fascinating. That's so what is that? Is that like um, places where, okay, so someone, someone gets murdered in a house mm-hmm. and then 30 years later, another person gets murdered in the exact same mm-hmm. house. You know, like um, this is a movie, but uh, the Overlook Hotel in The Shining, where like this seems to happen pretty often mm-hmm. where like a family goes crazy and kills each other in the hotel. Is that, would that be like stone tape theory? I think so. It's gotta be, right? Or would I it be like. So. Let's check. Like some sort of, I'm gonna check. Check it, pull it up. Um, I'm gonna check. What an alluring word. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's the specu- really good. The speculation that ghosts and hauntings are analogous? Ana- 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 no. Analogous. Thank you. To tape recordings and that mental impressions during emotional traumatic events can be projected in the form of energy recorded onto rocks or other items and replayed under certain circumstances. Spooky. Right. So, you know, which would make sense when you think about like all the buildings that tend to have amped up um, spirit activity when they're being renovated. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you're kicking the ghosts up, up like like dust. Poke, so yeah, everyone, everyone settled into the walls and settled into the floor, and now you're moving things around, and now you you broke up their home. It's almost like a like you're scrubbing a film tape or something. Do you like stop it? Do you remember? Um, Maybe. Well, you've got that memory Maybe. for stuff that you read for sure. Yeah. Like you remember yeah. everything you read. Um, I was just going to ask about like growing up and not necessarily having, well, we did have a few um, ghost interactions for sure. We had uh, weird yeah. things happen in different places that we lived because we did live kind of across the country being military when you guys were smaller. Um, but paranormal conspiracies and stuff too, like yeah, as a kid. 
Um, I don't think we really had conspiracies that we talked about. It was just... They weren't conspiracies. They were just like no. a story or something or a concept. And, like like yeah. fake... Uh, the flat earth... I, I knew about flat earth when I was a kid. And even as a child, I was like, that's, that's silly. That's preposterous. And, you can fly up and you can just see it. <laughs> you can see it round. Yeah. You get high enough. So like... Um, but as a class watching big has always been a thing that we've talked about always um yeah like the concept or the or the theory of like supernatural entities or or mysterious creatures like Loch Ness Monster things like that like that always fascinated me I remember being really scared of of hopping into lakes um because of things like the Loch Ness Monster where I was like there's definitely bigger things underwater that we don't know are there like um and that that grew up or as i grew up that turned into like hearing about um the recording that they picked up there was like a i think it was in the atlantic ocean uh you can look it up easily if you look up the bloop if you've ever heard of that this like audio recording in the atlantic ocean near the marianas trench of this long rumbling noise that's not it's not connected to and like researchers were were drawing conclusions that like it's not connected to like any sort of um biological results like it wasn't something that like the uh, uh, the earth shifting that happens all right. the time it was it was more of like a guttural kind of like bassy noise like whale song uh which was something that you were attacked like whales were a thing for you when you were whales were a thing for me well they're fascinating yeah. blue whales they're fascinating. and their specifically. sound specifically yeah. whales and their yes. sound yeah well they're like sea monsters in a way right so we, and then I guess in getting older, how old, do you remember how old you would have been when um, National Treasure, Nicolas Cage's movie National Treasure came out? Oh, like, I was in the fifth grade. No, fourth grade. I was in the fourth grade. So however old you are, like 11, yeah. 10, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But that was fun. Like that whole conspiracy theory. We're going to talk about um, a White House, actually, conspiracy theory and yeah, and a little bit today too. You know what? I want to now that you now that you phrase it like that. I think that National Treasure may have been my first like uh, introduction to the concept of like a uh, grand conspiracy, um, which is interesting because it's a Disney movie. So then, but, what is uh, a conspiracy? What is a conspiracy? Oh, who knows? It's a lot Par of things. paranormal conspiracy. What would a good paranormal conspiracy oh, conspiracy entail? Uh, well, I feel like a conspiracy would what involve makes it juicy? what makes it juicy. That's what I'm interested in because I feel like a conspiracy yeah. would would I don't I don't actually know what the definition of conspiracy is off the top of my head, mm -hmm. but it's like a cover up, a secret, something, some sort of seeking a truth of something that we can't explain. And I find that the really like juicy ones are the ones that, to me anyway, are just fun. Uh, I like things, I like my conspiracy theories lighthearted. There's super obvious ones um, yeah. in, in the real world or politics, but, it, but those ones don't really interest me because they don't really play with my imagination in a way that like uh, the earth being hollow does. That one, I think that one inspires like a sort of uh, mystery or a fantasy to it. And also nobody gets hurt in that kind of theory. And I like that prefer it when it's a little yeah. bit a little bit lighter right so yeah. 
when we decided that we were going to just have conversations about paranormal conspiracies, um, we both, you know, were getting pretty giddy about all the different conspiracies. And I had a few that you hadn't heard about and you had made a list of some and, and there was a few that I hadn't heard about. So do you want to go first with, uh, yeah, I've got my notes with me. Cons- you and I, yeah, you're I, the same sort of thinker. Yeah. yeah I had to write a paper stuff thinker. Too, so I, yep. Yeah. And it helps uh, me remember when I write stuff, I have to write it actually a, a fair bit. You can't I, put I, it I in your phone. No. No, it's different. I need the feel you, of the paper and the pen. Yeah. And then I feel like I'm, I'm putting it down forever. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. Uh, I feel like I want to start with like honorary mentions. Is that a, is that a decent place to start? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've got a couple of big ones that I have thought about a lot or stuck with me, but I do have a couple like honorary mentions to my favorite conspiracy theories. I want to um, grab a pen. Grab a pen. Okay. I've got a pen. Okay. The concept of mass hysteria is something that I think about all the time. Um, there's two, two cases of it in particular, both in France and both around like the medieval ages in like the 1500s. So I don't know if this still happens or not, but, but I feel like that, remember that whole killer clown thing? Do you remember that? When yeah, they were, right? They were just showing up. These, yeah. these clowns are just showing up uh, and that? scaring people. Yeah, do you, that was weird, right? Yes, that was weird. And there was like a, there was something about how they weren't really connected in any real way. They were just people doing it. There were no like cat groups people were finding. There was no like connection. People were just doing it. Well, apparently stuff's been happening since the 1500s. There's two cases. There's one in, uh, I was hoping to announce right, Strasbourg, France, the dancing plague of 1518. Have you heard of this before? <laughs> no. Okay. So but the if it's the plague... dancing plague, I'm all over it. For those that don't know, I used to teach dancing for the longest time. Started dancing at age four, and I was teaching dancing till I was like seven months pregnant with my second child. So dancing, you would love this one. dancing plague, bring it on. Tell me, tell me all about it. There's not a lot of information about it because it happened like in the 1500s. Ordering, so 15 on the 1500s, but. Uh, there was accounts of this town that got hit with the dancing plague where one person started dancing and they couldn't stop. And then more and more people kept dancing and then they couldn't stop. And people were dancing to the point of death. They were dancing to the point that they just like dropped down dead from exhaustion. And it happened, I think it happened over the course of an entire day. But like people that weren't affected by it were like feeding and giving water to the people that were dancing while they like begged like, god to make them stop it was actually quite horrific i know i just said that i like my conspiracy theories light but sometimes i kind of like <laughs> a little dark. Sometimes it's a little dark but then what could the potential what could like could it have been a bacteria that made them sick where, where who knows i mean it's the 1500s so any of that's possible mm. but who knows? I mean, everyone usually blames demons right off the hop. So that's usually what people go to is the demonic. So totally, especially in that time period too, the like 1500s? at the height of the medieval age. 1500s, you got the height of like Christianity. Um, totally, totally like living in the core belief system of like every person there. So who knows what it was? Um, I'm sure at the time everybody thought it was a demonic possession. There's no way that they didn't think that, but it just stopped. It just stopped. That one's really weird. Um, there really isn't much about it, but like the image, you can find a lot of paintings people have drawn about it or like depending on books. 
Interesting. Um, okay, so there's not a lot of sources. What else is on your honorary mention? The another another mass hysteria case is the meowing nuns of again <laughs> happened in France. Meowing <laughs> 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 nuns. To, the meowing nut. I'm gonna probably think about this all night now. I'll be I will be down a rabbit hole tonight with that. <laughs> meowing okay. nuns. There's 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 two cases. There's the meowing nuns, and I think I, I don't I can't remember where I read um what date it is, and I should have done my homework more. Um, that, that's okay. But I remember it was like in a book called The Epidemics of the Medieval Ages. It was published in like 1840-something. Um, there was an account that people had documented that this one specific church in France where all the nuns just started meowing and they would sing their hymns in meows. They would communicate in meows. Uh, and it bothered people because like churches were a public space. People would come and go all the time. And it bothered people in the town that they were in, that the, the nuns would just meow to the people coming through and to each other. And they didn't stop doing it until nearby soldiers like threatened to like beat them. And then they just stopped meowing. Okay, so my brain just went in all kinds of different directions. So, you know, welcome to Carrie Lynn's brain, everyone. So in Egyptian times, cats were revered like gods. What if it was like these Egyptian gods oh, channeling through kind of going hey there's other things that we can other other types of religion we can all discuss and well that's a that opens up a question of like where do the different religions go once they're gone like where where do where does where does that energy of belief go in like ancient egypt once ancient egypt collapses right they gotta well, go somewhere Neil Gaiman wrote a whole book about it, so it's a, uh, it's an interesting concept. But um, yeah, right, right. Maybe and share the name of the book for people who would be interested. And it would be American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Now the book is fictional, but it is a incredible thought experiment, and I think it's a really great meditation on belief and faith, especially All gods faith. Are new. All gods are new. It's a great book. But Neil Gaiman loves mythology. I think he, I, I, I truly believe that Neil Gaiman believes in mythology because there's so much love in that book, and I don't think it's, it's like a a historical text the way that like some old books are. But it is a great idea, and I'm all for anything, any form of media, just like projecting a thought experiment out and it's, the world. And it's theory. It's just a, it's somebody taking a, a, a theory, having this inspiration, like meowing nuns and yeah. then running on a theory <laughs> and then creating this that comes into pop culture. And 100%. then we pick it up and put our own energy collectively into it. Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. Meowing like, nuns. Uh, and then, like, uh, in the 15th century, same thing happened in Germany, where the nuns just started biting each other. And they couldn't stop biting each other and biting other people. There's the meowing like zombies? nuns. Like, like zombies. Was it mad, one cow, a, mad cow disease and bad beef? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Oh, do you remember mad cow disease? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you remember that was a thing? Well, let's not go, let's not go there. What's... what's <laughs> With um, cordyceps. Yeah, like in The Last of Us. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like Maybe they had bad mushrooms bad in Germany mushrooms. in the 15th century. Yes. Yeah. Foraging the wrong forest and gave themselves cordyceps. Well, that's um. There's there's like a evolutionary theory that was proposed that because of psilocybin mushrooms, they like the apes at the time in the specific area in oh where oh my god I haven't thought about this in, in a hot minute, but it like triggered some form of evolution in a higher form of thought process that like led us to becoming modern day humans. Um, it is fascinating. It is fascinating. So maybe it is a cordyceps thing. But you ever read the um the, the hidden life of trees? Have you read that book? No. But no? it sounds like it's something I would read. It I is would, something, something like read. I would be interested in. Yeah, it would be something you'd be interested in. Because that book is all goes into like the way that mushrooms communicate with each other through mass like root networks. And trees do the same thing too. Well that, that I knew about the tree vibration. Mushrooms do it too, apparently. I didn't know that about mushrooms. Yeah, they have like electrical signals they can send through the mushrooms. There was, I I was thinking about something similar. Um, What's it called? Um, oh, sorry, I'm having a brain fart. Um, That's okay. Is it finger fingerprint of the gods? What's that? I don't know. I'm gonna look it up because now that I'm thing? down that rabbit hole, yeah. So it's it is um, like a place or like a object. No, it's a book. A... It's a book. It's a book. Oh, it's a book. Okay, give me with it. I should have my pen. I'll remember. I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. Fingerprints of the gods. I I was on the right track there. I just needed to be a little more confident about. Uh, you know, accessing that part of my perimenopausal brain. So, um, fingerprint of the gods, and it's Graham Hancock. So okay, I thought Graham that Hancock. would, yeah, I thought that would actually be somebody that you would be interested in in reading. And mm -hmm. he definitely pushes the envelope, like especially when we we're talking about um, Antarctica, which is something I'm, that you. I can't wait. Talking, I'm excited to talk about that, Antarctica. That you're going to bring up in a bit. And Atlantis, um, you know, he's he's definitely pushed a lot of buttons with archaeologists and historians and the discoveries and theories that he has pushing um, the envelope to what we're believing as the the co the common story that we're being fed about our history, um, mm. the things that he's discovering and wanting. To, and the new discoveries that are happening and how he's kind of putting them all together is um, changing our dates and timings and places of. Oh, I find that so fascinating. Yeah. 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 That always wrinkles the rump of like yes. uh, of the scientific community or the historic community. And yes. I get why. I mean, a lot of people have like their whole reputation. If, if you propose a theory that you can, oh, yeah. you can confirm, you're like, hey, we've got it all wrong all these dates are backwards. This didn't happen for X, Y, or Z. Then you've got people's entire reputations or their whole like foundation for why they're so famous. They kind of gets discarded. And I, and I feel like, I don't know, maybe the more you care about that sort of thing, the more involved you are in that kind of community, the more upsetting it is. But I feel like that's the nature of science in general. 
but it doesn't need to be because if if we're always I don't finding, think so either. Yeah, totally. finding new things, it's okay to say this is what my you know the knowledge that I had and and where I my belief system was and what I understood to be true based on scientific facts and now these scientific facts are presenting other information and so I'm going to evolve with it is a, a yeah. much more mature approach than <laughs> it is the your, adult thing to do <laughs> digging your heels in and ignoring the possibility that there's there's another possibility 100% I completely completely agree Fingerprint of the gods. So, fingerprints okay. of the gods. So that's that. Thank you. you we're going to put that on your. Uh, I'm going to put that on my mental reading list. October reading list. We're both ferocious readers. So. Yeah, I'm tearing through books these days. And I, I totally got uh, cut you off on your uh, good mentions list. So was there another one on your uh, list? Was there more on your just, list? Or just, can, we, can we start with. I think um, we can jump in. I think those. Yeah, into, I got some other ones. Like the Roman Empire is still existing. That one's completely unfounded. But the idea that the, the ancient Roman Empire has been working behind the scenes to maintain its authority. Hilarious. Love it. Space is fake. No, it's not. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, you can look up and you can just see it. You can see it from here. Um, so that one's a really fun one. But I don't know like. And let's add a meowing cat ruler. Meowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there must have been like a um, some sort of like head meowing nun. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, what do you want to jump into? I've got a I've got a list of like, like the yawning. You know, like somebody has a yawn and then it changes the the air around, and then the next person like it gets contagious, oh. like a yawn. Yeah. Oh, I. Th that's interesting. That might actually be it. That same sort of like mental trick that your that your brain pulls on you when you see someone yawn it makes you tired too yeah when you're not really tired i do it, it happens to me all the time um that might be it i don't know some sort of meowing energy that people just picked up on just a theory just a thought mass hysteria is very interesting i, <laughs> I find so, it very interesting the clown I thing i think it's a form of mass hysteria to tie it all back together that was my sister here. But clowns are yeah. clowns can be pretty clowns are very scary for some people. They're very scary. I saw a woman, this is like eight years ago, I was getting run over by a clown. Almost. Somebody got run over by a clown? Almost. I was crossing an intersection and the woman in front of me is walking and then this car pulls up like right like taking a right really fast and it almost hits her. It's inches away from me, and we both kind of look up. And the person driving is a clown. The clown. And yeah, it was so weird. Odds. It was wild. It was happened. It happened right in front of the Market Fresh at that intersection in Guelph, Ontario. In Guelph. Yeah. Yeah. And then the woman just like the clown lady like looked at both of us and then waved, and then drove past because both of us were like frozen. Like that. Was it that near Halloween or? It's like July. Birthday party. <laughs> I guess they're on their way to a birthday party. Wow. Crazy. That's funny. Okay. Want to talk about Daratotica? Yeah. What was what's the top story? What's the top one you want to share with me? Um the one that gets you oh. most passionate. Is there one on your list that your clients have talked to you about? Do clients talk to you about paranormal oh, yeah. conspiracy? They totally do. Because every now and then I'll just bring something up, right? I'll talk about the eye Conversation of the Sahara. starter? 
Yeah, just breaking the ice. So just a simple icebreaker. There's like, how'd you get into hair? Where are you from? And then there's, what do you think of the pyramids in Antarctica? Like, like, <laughs> like <laughs> of my, of my, but what do I feel like talking about today? how many people have said they didn't know about them? Most people. Right. However, I do have a couple where they, when I was like, you know about the pyramids in Antarctica? And they're like, oh, you mean the same place that the the caverns, uh, what was it called? What was it called? It was in my in my notes. Uh, the poly, Polynia? I didn't know that. I learned that one today. Polynia? The giant massive hole in Antarctica that leads to like underground caverns um, that have not been explored. I think they're full of water, but you don't know how far that water goes. But yeah, I've had a couple of people that just like fired right back at me. Um, That's with, fun, like, right? Facebook. Specifically about Antarctica, because I think there's something about the Arctic that is so captivating and so alluring. So the ones that I know, like about like Bigfoot being a a interdimensional time traveler, which just makes me really happy when I think about I think about that. Uh, that most people don't or haven't heard about that one, but the Antarctic one, I was surprised by like how many people knew one or two things about it. So tell me what you know about it. Okay, so there's a lot of different things. There's, um, oh, where do you even start? I'll just go down the list. Uh, there's a pyramid shape structure in Antarctica that you can see on Google Maps. And it's like listed as a natural formation. It's um, uh, rock. It was discovered by Robert Scott on the RS, RRS discovery during the oh, 1910 expedition into antarctica that's who like originally discovered it it was just this pyramid shape coming out from a snow bank it was massive it's a massive structure um natu- apparently uh, naturally formed but very very exact in its shape um everyone died on the way back their bodies were discovered um way later uh from a separate expedition that went in to go like retrieve them so that one's always fascinating and it, it's really fun because you can find it on google now I think it was blurred for a while, and there's a lot of people that were really asking why it's blurred. Then it got unblurred. Um, so, no, actually, I think there's just surveillance photos, but it's still blurred on on Google Maps. But you can is a location pinged on Google. The comments on it are hilarious. They're all like, "Went there. The aliens were amazing. They were so nice. They even dropped me off." Like, <laughs> it's really fun. It's a lot of fun. So, is there theories as to what it is? Because I've understood yes. that at one point that was actually like lush and green and that there was some whether oh, I know that te- I know that about it or- the, um tech tech I don't know the Tectonic? right words shift oh the yeah, yeah so shifted when the in- earth was in um uh Pangea right when it was just one solid continent back in the beginning of time yes so it shifted like an orange peel in the center, the center mm. of the orange stood still, like the center of the orange stayed, but the, the, I don't know why I'm having so much trouble talking tonight, but the peel, okay. like it shifted and moved around it. Like when a mandarin's loose inside, it's inside that peel so yeah. that it shifted and changed, you know, that access. So it used to be this lush place. So was it a holy temple that was actually built in a lush place? Well, apparently there are caverns. There's like a massive space underneath that pyramid in particular. Yeah. Um, so some people have called it like a cathedral. 
right. which might just be sensationalism, but but I think that's where a conspiracy begins when you have like, a strange shape somewhere you're not allowed to go to because something called the Antarctica Treaty, which forbids people from just walking into Antarctica, um, based on a premise of for the, the weird thing. Here's what I looked up about the Antarctica Treaty: um, it is to protect Antarctica, it is to promote peace. And it is to unobstruct research. Those are like the three main key points for for the Antarctica Treaty. So, so when you when you have research, it's like there's a massive cavern underneath this giant pyramid in Antarctica, and you can't go there because you'll disrupt the peace and you'll obstruct re- uh, research. Like, how do you not start wanting to draw massive massive conclusions into like the Twilight Zone? Wow. Well, do you not? <laughs> it sounds like they're plopping you right into the middle of aliens versus predator movie. Yeah, yeah it does. It does. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. It is, it like, is a we... ritual site where, where an alien species comes down and conducts a hunting ceremony to ascend into uh, adults. Yeah, yes. yeah. 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 That makes, yeah. It makes sense. That tracks. <laughs> cool well, movie. I, I should get out of it. It is such a fun movie. So, so I heard someone say um, that part of that, you know, there is that law, you know, global law about no um, taking minerals, no digging, any of that. And mm-hmm. should anybody um, go against that treaty, like go against it, that it would be World War uh, Three because they are supposed to be protecting it. So what are they protecting? What are they protecting? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a, that's, that's a crazy point that I've never heard before. Um, yeah. Yeah. It really goes, I mean, this is, an... just shows you like how deep the rabbit hole goes. Yeah. Morpheus was right. It goes pretty deep. Um, well, they, but that, that's what makes it fun is the curiosity and, and, you know, somebody else's perspective yeah. on it. And, um, you know, not that I hang on to it pretty tightly, I'm kind of like you. I I will talk about those conspiracies because it's bringing a little bit of lightness to my day. Yeah. Even yeah. even when we get like when we get rolling and I and I share the one that I have about um the White House, like I can help bring movies into it. <laughs> like because I just yeah. go, somebody heard a whiff of they they got a whiff of that, smelled a whiff of that, and they rolled it into this bigger story of their own and gave us this awesomeness. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent with their imagination. Here's this. Here's this gift of crazy that I'm going to give the world. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's so crazy. It, um, it basically inspires stories, right? And inspires. It does. It does, and I think that that's yeah. that's great. I just love it. I love it so much. But um, I, the other thing I have. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I it's it's not. Um, uh, it's not triggering for me. You know, some conspiracies can really trigger people where they are hyper-focused and it's upsetting where yeah. it's triggering places for them, for sure. I think totally. for you for you and I in particular, we approach it with a, um, a sense of wonder and mm-hmm. curiosity and uh, try to keep it light at the same time, right? Absolutely. Um, I, I love them because they just the world in a more interesting way and i think those are the ones that i really uh not like latch on to i don't think that's the right word that i that i 
when I think about it, I smile about it. Except for one of them. I mean, like, I do have some that are like, that's spooky. That's weird. That's so freaky. Share and, like, with that how one. can you not? Share yeah. With um, oh, there's there's one more thing that's worth looking into about Antarctica real quick. Okay. before. Yeah, I no, no. We got time. We do have time. Um, looking into who Admiral Byrd is is really interesting. There's a lot of theories uh, and conspiracies that revolve around him. Have is you it heard bird with bird? a Y or bird with an I? Bird with a Y. Good question. Okay. Good question. He was a uh, admiral in the U.S. Army um, who, after World War II, did a ton of expeditions into um, Antarctica. There's specifically one, uh, Operation High Jump, that there's a lot of like conspiracy theories that are like tied to it. Right. Allegedly, there's a ton of photographs and recordings, like audio tapes recorded, uh, as well as some video that have all been like expunged from and redacted uh, by the U.S. government, where he was, it was something like he was revealing in his diaries and these tapes that he had found the entrance into the hollow earth through a channel in Antarctica. Um, but when he got back and was talking to people about it, like his superiors, they like hushed a lot, gave him a medal of honor and then told him not to talk about it again. Um, did they put him in a padded room for the rest of his life? He did get, no, they didn't. He was released and he put out a book. Um, there's a ton of like books about hollow earth that are like tied to Admiral Byrd. It's super weird and interesting. It's really hard to find. Like it, it takes a, it's a great deal. It's pretty obscure. That's like reaching into the far, the weird stuff for sure. But it's worth looking into. Um, he's got a lot of links to like Antarctica and the mysteries over there. He, there was a quote that he had in a diary entry saying like, we're not really prepared for, or our understanding is so limited in what we know about Antarctica. Um, so I find that very, very fascinating. Anytime the government says, not allowed to talk about it, here's a medal, shut up. It's like, I was interesting. Why'd you do that? Kind of so, like when they blurred the pyramid. It's like, why'd you do that? You didn't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> why'd you do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's mass hysteria. We'll go back to that. Is it preventing yeah. mass hysteria because they don't know how people will handle it? Probably. I mean, that's what they, that's why um, that whole theory with like um, theory of aliens, right? It's like, do we let people know that aliens are real? Or do we keep it a secret? Is does the because the existence well, the of, of out extraterrestrial now. secrets out out now, for sure? Which is so interesting because like it comes out and it Part always it like the the secret about aliens comes out and it just lands super flat and quietly, which is always so interesting that the reaction to aliens is like yeah that makes sense, and I guess maybe that is it. There's the Fermi's paradox that space is so vast, life must exist. But the absence of evidence is in direct contradiction to the obvious possibility that there should be life out there. Um, and then it, it kind of like those two things bounce off of each other. And again, it's so it's sort of in pop culture, whether it is um, scary or lighthearted, it's 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 permeated through pop culture in a way that maybe has desensitized people or warm them up to the fact that oh there is yeah something, probably there is something more right it's a great way to put that yeah yeah if you're surrounded by the conversation that aliens are real or um the supernatural exists it or it opens up a valve in your brain that is so accepting of it when you do see it 
Well, I think that it's still, um, when you feel safe in your environment and you've created this, this level of safety, that, that feeling of, of not having control, um, can, you know, toss you upside down. That's a whole other rabbit hole for us. That is a whole other rabbit hole. It is. Do you want to do one of yours? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to do the white house. Um, Hit me with it. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I've, I've heard it. But only by like definition. I still wrote notes down because I just wanted to make sure that I was still on the, on, you know, that my thoughts didn't go sideways in fogginess. So it was interesting. Um, and I hadn't even thought about it, even though it had been on my radar. And so we had this initial discussion, let's do paranormal conspiracies. And I have been getting yes. ready. Um, lots of people know my fascination with Ouija boards and um, that I have talked with people that are, that are crossed over have since I was a little kid um, do that as a career. Now I talk about the Fox sisters quite a bit who are um, Maggie Fox, Maggie Fox and Catherine Fox. So Maggie Fox was age 14. Catherine was 11. They lived in this like farming cabin in New York. And they are the ones that create that really created the spiritualist movement. Um, in I believe it was 1848, uh, March, 1848, when they said that they were communicating with a, an older gentleman spirit, uh, through raps and knocks in response to questions that they were asking. And it just, you know, blew up for them from there. And, and I talk about this quite a bit, um, because, uh, I talk about the mediums of that time period because it gave uh, women in marginalized communities a voice. It gave them an income when they weren't really allowed to have a voice. They didn't have any say in their marriages or education, lower class, um, you know, people, their educate, their um, employment was dictated by the middle class and the upper classes. And a lot right. of, the, a lot of those mediums were, in those lower lower classes making an income for themselves where it wasn't prostitution so you know the having to sort of up the ante so that they were different from the medium that was down the street and you know you you did get those charlatans and and you know there is some level of truth for some of them i'm sure and then the rest of them making it a good storytelling, a good event uh, for people. But where so, the Fox sisters come into play in this story attached to is their um, lower energies or demonic energies in the White House. And it all comes back to the Fox sisters. So... To start with, I found I didn't I didn't actually know that people um, talk about the whole city of Washington being um, built with Masonic symbols, the whole like the way the roads are laid out. And oh, yeah. Yeah, that's weird, right? Right. So there's <laughs> that's pretty weird symbolism and numerology and all of these sorts of things. And 
that sort of played into the factor. So the White House was actually built on a swamp. Um, it was, uh, it started in 1792, was completed in 1800. So the first president that moved in was John Adams and his wife, Abigail. They were the first residents of uh, the White House. And the White House has had different renovations and um, rebuilds in 1817, 1902, and 1952. And the one in 1952 is an interesting one uh, that we're going to get to in in um in a bit so um franklin pierce i i believe he was their 14th president and i just want to say as a canadian to remember that that is pretty good, <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. if i did it wrong though tell me so i think that i think that's i think that's right so franklin pierce um uh was uh president from 1853 to 1857 and his wife jane was not a drinker not into politics she was a, a, a reverend um a reverend's daughter uh she disliked uh her husband being in politics didn't want him in politics did she, how did she end up marrying a well i don't uh, know a president or uh, i guess they got married and then he became maybe president. he just had that bad boy sexy yeah. ooziness to him and yeah. she was a little wilder behind the door than what everybody knows so i'm really sorry <laughs> if that was bad I'm really sorry if that was bad, <laughs> but I mean, opposites attracted for whatever reason. And you know what? I'm sure there would have been a level of education that she could keep up with a, an intelligent conversation. And maybe that is what attracted him to her too. Right. And being able to have these yeah. sort of conversations, even though she didn't enjoy um, the career that he, that he had, but definitely she was, she was pious. Um, and they had a, um, a baby that died uh, four days after it was born. They had a son die when uh, he was four. So they had one kiddo um, left that she devoted obsessively over. Um, yeah, she really, she, Benny, his name was Benny. So she really focused on Benny. And when he was... Um, when it was time for their inauguration for his inauguration, they were on a train trip. I don't, I'm not sure um, if he was in the Southern States moving up to like going up to the Northern States on this train and the carriage that they were on um, unhooks from the rest of the train and it, it uh, rolls down the ravine and he's only able to reach his wife and not his son and his son tragically dies. So they have no children and she really blamed um his job politics his career uh on the death of their son and so she was already a, it said that she was a melancholy person so clearly somebody that had bouts of depression and now she's got grief on top of that so they actually um the press gave her this horrible the press gave her this horrible press. right the evil evil press right moniker the phantom of the white house because she just stayed in a room and isolated herself which so, uh is a pretty cool pretty cool title um for a bad reason but the title's cool the phantom of the opera is a great name yes but this is where i kind of got hooked into the story because jane pierce starts um 
getting involved with a spiritualist community by having Maggie Fox because she had had written to her, heard about her. And now Maggie Fox and her sister have been, you know, doing public uh, events um, four or five years at that point. So they were, they were known internationally for being these mediums. And she invited Maggie Fox repeatedly to the white house to do these seances. So, you know, did they open a door that they didn't know what they were opening? Did they not close that door properly? Did something, you know, um, those lower energies are attracted to, uh, they're going to get you when you're vulnerable. So the president at this place where um, the country is turning on itself, uh, uh, slavery is still happening. The South is, is um, wanting the country to, to stay the way that it is. The North is wanting oh, changes. Oh, this is pre-Civil yes. War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. yeah, it would be. Yeah, so it would be. he, yeah, it's, it's, it's right before. So he... Um, had gone back on his word regarding the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which ended up uh, saying like the states could figure it out for themselves, which fractured the country even more. Mm -hmm. And um, so all of that energy is 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 building, and she's depressed. And then all of a sudden, she's saying that she's dreaming of Benny. Benny is showing up in her room servants are going by the room and they can hear her talking and giggling and playing with a child in this room. So oh, was, was it a child? Was it, was it a demon? How is it? Um, is it something that's presenting? Right. So um, it's said that in 1853, like a, a, a preacher had wrote in uh, a seventh day Adventist preacher wrote a book. And in the book he wrote and questions if the spirit in the white house was a demon that was influencing the president and his wife. So like it was well known that there was seances and some kind of spirit activity that was actually happening in the house. I mean, that house would have stress and all kinds of things. Um, well, it's a heightened, it's a building that is nothing but like heightened energetic exactly. place. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. So that environment. And none of it's good. Itself. When you're running a country, none of, none of that is going to be uh, easy work. No, as well, especially at that time, right? In that time. And so what he did laid the groundwork that that it just kind of pushed the country right into civil war. It was, they called it bleeding Kansas. It was, yeah, it was his, um, greatest failure as a as a president um, so does the theory come from the preacher's book that he put out about the spirit in the white house so no it goes even deeper because benny was aged 11 at the time that he died so um franklin pierce is out abraham lincoln is in and abraham abraham lincoln is you know He's the one that changes everything. He's the one that we all remember. He's the one that uh, creates the Emancipation Act. So with Abraham Lincoln, who was like a corporate, he was a corporate lawyer who was self-educated. So, and a beautiful, um, uh, he he wrote beautiful speeches. Orator? Or, is that the right Orator. Yeah. Orator. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. yeah. yeah. But he went in right when they were on that brink of civil war, which they, they did go right into. And they had four children of their four children 
um, it was well known that their favorite was uh, Willie. So their son, Willie, was their favorite kiddo. And so in uh, the winter. No, I, uh, I don't I don't know uh, American political history revolving their children, but I don't think this is going anywhere good. No, well, it's not. Did you watch? <laughs> no, I okay. didn't. I, I'm is, just hearing any of this for the first time. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so in 1862, um, really at the, t at that time, his goal was to preserve the union, not necessarily free the slaves. And that changes because, um, something happened, uh, that changed, that changed things. But he, he, his son, Willie got sick during the winter and he ends up dying of typhoid fever. And so it's repeat of the Pierce story where, um, Mary Todd Lincoln goes into depression. Um, she was already a little bit interested in uh, the spiritualist movement. Um, and then at, in dealing with her grief, she decides to do the same thing. And she brings a medium into the White House to start having these seances in order to connect with, with Willie. And it just gets so, there's just so much, Taylor, there's so much to it. So... <laughs> In, in January of 1863, he writes um, the Emancipation Act was, was written. Yeah. So yeah. he, you know, uh, gave free to all men should be free, right? So all yep. men should be free. And, and that's, um, yeah, I think that was like the third year of the Civil War. I'm not sure about those dates, but I apologize to all Americans for not knowing that part. But I think that it is. Um but he, uh, uh, who is the name? Oh, Colchester. That just sounds like. It does. No, I know what you mean. It, right? hits, it, hits the, it hits the ear in a, in a really interesting way. Yes. Charles, yeah. Charles Colchester was one of the five mediums that she had brought and she had him come more consistently. Um, the president asked a friend named Mel Brooks to investigate him. Um, Mel Brooks. I, I know. I know. Um, so, uh, 1865, we, we kind of, you know, move forward a little bit. There was somebody that had in the meantime was also doing an investigation on the spirits in the white house. That guy made his, uh, I think that he wrote his report, but it, it, weirdly, the dude that was investigating the spirits in the White House and what was going on, because it was reported there was a little boy that was being seen by staff, and the only boy, the only spirit Benny? that had was Benny. In the Benny. 200, 200 years, the only little boy that had died on the grounds was Benny. And so he was investigating that, and that guy died on the Titanic. Oh, that's weird. Died on the Titanic. That's weird. Yeah. Did you know there's it? a whole real real quick tangent? There's a whole conspiracy theory that the Titanic is not the Titanic, but it is the uh, Olympus. Yes, it's a sister ship. And sister they were swapped ship. out yeah. last second to like uh, maybe claim insurance that they sink the Titanic, but it's not the Titanic. You know what I mean? We still have that one, but we sunk the sister ship. Um, and the sister ship was like faults with it because it was under maintenance, but they need to send it out to the ocean real quick just to get this tour over with so that they can sink it. Um, ah, you know, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, weird. So he died on the fake on the fake Titanic. 
So he, yes, he died. So <laughs> then Abraham Lincoln was having these bad, he had woke up one night. It said that he woke up one night, he was having a fitful sleep, bad dream. And he woke up hearing sobbing and he, you know, checked room for room throughout the, the white house, trying to find the source of the sobbing and he couldn't couldn't find it and so was it a premonition for what was about to happen because on april 15th and 18th oh god it's happening again john wilkes <laughs> john wilkes booth assassinates him at the at the theater right i so, just learned john wilkes booth's last words so i don't I, just, I don't know his last words you can tell me uh these hands useless were his last words apparently these hands i don't know i i learned i learned that today so it's interesting weird. that it's coming up now. Yeah. So, weird but what makes, what makes that even more interesting is that medium Charles Colchester and John Wilkes Booth were both spiritualists. John Wilkes Booth was also said to be a spiritualist, and they were seen at a hotel drinking together a few days before he assassinated the president. So oh wait what, what whoa whoa that's weird um so was the medium part of that conspiracy was the spiritual church part of it was it just a random hey two dudes hanging out to have a drink like bros or was there oh, was weird. there more to it right but then you then you just weird. you go fast forward right to um uh Jackie Onassis with um with with JFK and him being shot and um when Nancy Reagan uh, which is uh, um president right so president Reagan's wife she was so yeah. into astrology that after his assassination assassination attempt um she like really dug her heels into astrology about whether it was a good day for him to leave the house or not a good day to leave the house and astrology played uh, a part in that and um, president truman in the 50s he wrote about the the ghosts he mentioned about the ghosts uh staff were seeing ghosts and at the time like and he dropped the atomic bomb like then there's 9-11 yeah. like there's all of these things that have occurred and is there a demon influencing which will be national security issue influencing these presidents and during big things all, all happened right so a truman at the time when he was there so um, the White House needed to be totally gutted and renovated because it was rotting wood. A piano fell through the second story floor. And he... Yeah, that's not good. You don't want that. Not good. So he hired a <laughs> photographer to take pictures of the renovations as they were happening. And you fast forward to the year 2008 and someone is looking at this going, there's a bulldozer and a construction site. And there's three dudes over here on the left, like conversing, you know, in the man stance with their legs apart and their hands on their hips. But who's that? <laughs> it who's is a classic stance. It totally is totally a classic stance. So, yeah. so um, it's a power stance. It is. It's a, I don't really know what to do right now. Have them too, I so. need to maintain authority in this yep. situation. It's this Definitely. one. All peoples can have that. <laughs> All peoples can have that stance just in that picture. It was just men at that time. So to the right hand side, there is a transparent figure of oh, interesting. somebody standing there and it has been, you know, 
evaluated by so many different filmmakers and people, and they cannot debunk what that is. They caught this spirit using like just a regular camera doing this thing without realizing they caught this first full body apparition, you know, it's, it's just right, right there. And the weird part is he, this figure that does look like a male figure um, is standing beneath uh, president Abraham Lincoln's uh, bedroom window. Oh, Oh, weird. Right. Weird. Super weird super weird it's it, all weird all of it sounds like 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 the white house is just a vortex for like really well, bizarre paranormal activity that's is where it somebody so suggested the stone tape theory that it oh uh, yeah that's it i was just thinking that yeah yeah yeah. that mm -hmm. like there has to be something in the walls of that place that mm -hmm. just draws everything in um so i took a group of people that i was teaching um intuitive development with to a place called the Annadale house and same thing like touch the floors and touch the baseboards we were allowed to do those things and it it's totally just uh for me in particular it was like a wave of like a movie just rolling through my head bump, 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 of, yeah. of every room and you know a room that was set up nice I was tasting blood in my mouth so it was oh weird it was used like a sick room, right? As uh, it had been used like a sick room. So for sure, the White House has seen so many things like horse and buggy letters to the internet. <laughs> you know, like it's... it's A lot will happen in that time period. Yeah. Um, there's a concept I've heard before of like how buildings, it's more like a metaphor. It's kind of esoteric, but like a, a building itself is like a living thing. And that places themselves are like living things that breathe and they think and they feel, which sounds kooky when you it start doesn't. talking about that line. But it but it does make sense if you tie it back to the stone tape theory of like places do pick up on the things that happen in them. Mm -hmm. You can feel it right away. You it, or it evokes an emotion or it evokes a feeling inside of you that like something happened here so isn't that part of um the cultures that leave their shoes on the outside of the door because you've been walking around out in the yes. world and picking up energy that you may not want in your home so you leave your shoes on the outside of the door so you don't bring that oh energy yeah absolutely energy in right absolutely yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I did a whole talk for historical society about the soul of the bank barn, because the bank barns are pretty much non-existent now. You see the ghosts on the shell of like these foundations, you know, peppered that. throughout these fields. And so I did. I I guess I was doing all of these um, farm reads, like going out to to properties and tapping into the spirits that were attached to the land and doing these these agricultural farm reads about these properties and I did a talk about the soul of the barn and that's but I was thinking about that and I was also thinking about the movie Abraham Lincoln the vampire <laughs> when I was yeah. reading this I'm like yes let's just add a whole other conspiracy to this whoever you know kind of picked up on something and let their imagination soar I'm grateful for it because that was <laughs> It was. You love that movie. You've been talking about that movie for years and years, and years. I read the book twice and then watched the movie. I don't know how many times because I just the whole idea of it, you know, because they do talk about um, th that paranormal 
paranormal side to it and how they actually won was with silver bullets. The other one is you have to cut off their head. What better way to do that than with an axe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the talking about <laughs> talking about uh, leaving your shoes outside made me think of something. Um, did you know that in the Himalayas, they build their houses with doors that only go kind of short, like up to your chest? You have to like duck in underneath them when you went to the hut. Um, local legends, know. they do that. Local legends say the reason why they do that is because there are zombies in the Himalayas that guard the entrance to Shangri-La, right? And so they roam Tibet in the Himalaya mountains, right? Looking for people that are on their way to try to find Shangri-La and kill them. Sometimes they'll just like wander the town and take people. But because, <laughs> this is great. Because it's so cold, they're frozen, so they can't bend, right? So they just walk into the door that's too short for them, and it turns them away. <laughs> and it turns so, them away. So do they stop? Now I've got questions. So do they stop? Do they do they stop people who are on their way to try to find Shangri-La because they what was the Egyptian god that would measure your to see if you um oh oh my gosh deeds, your good deeds and your bad deeds so yeah they would weigh your bad deeds on a scale against on a scale. that of a, on a feather way, if it, yes yeah. and if yeah. it tipped then away you go the wrong it's way like somewhere it's in the back of the head not mm -hmm. the front of the head but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So are the zombies those? Are they are they sort of those gatekeepers, Maybe. you know, that are Maybe. trying to decide if you're worthy of getting past them or not? Oh, fascinating. But when you're talking about leaving the shoes outside, my chihuahua brain immediately yeah. ran to to the the half doors of the <laughs> Himalayas. My uh, chihuahua brain honors your chihuahua brain. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um <laughs> The idea that the, the the White House is haunted as heck is, uh, I mean, of course it would be. Of course, yeah, it lots would of be. people, lots of people in um, positions of of notoriety and authority have all commented on seeing various different, right, right, even to, um, um, I think it's Abigail. Abigail Adams, John, John Adams. I'm Adams. again, I, I'm really sorry. I don't know all the presidents from the United States, okay. but yeah, but there, yeah, there. So lots of people, even Winston Churchill commented that there was ghosts in the white house. And uh, he's a pretty reputable guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a pretty reputable guy. Um, you want to segue into more ghost kids and trains yeah, we can we can totally. I, do I, need, that. I need to I've open another gonna, window though. I'm gonna open my blinds up real fast because I feel like I'm I'm starting to sink into the dark here. So there if you if you're just tuning in with us, you are listening to Spirit Switchboard. We are broadcasting from uh, the United Public Radio Network and the UFO paranormal radio network 105.3 and 107.7 new orleans and today on the show i actually have my son taylor and we've kind of been all over the place we started off with paranormal conspiracies we're kind of sticking to it but we're kind of all over the place with um we touched on ghosts for a while 
Yeah, just paranormal conspiracies and stories that that get picked up and like the telephone game, it just gets bigger and bigger depending on uh, where the story lands, right? And who adds what to the story until it becomes so big, it's got its own momentum. I was thinking about um, at the very beginning of what you were just talking about with the White House being haunted um, and wife what was her name the wife miss adams what was her name the mom so the very first yeah where she was talking mom? to the fox sisters yeah because i was thinking about the fox sisters jane so, pierce jane Pierce. so when she was bringing the fox sisters because they were really big and yeah. i was thinking about um i have to go i have to go all the way back now trying to remember a thought i had but I didn't want to break your your Because she Whereas, would like, be so only really, 17 or 18 at the time. She'd be, no, five, young. early 20s. She would have been in her it's early young. 20s when she was going to. So the Fox sisters, what they did, they really normalized um, the spiritual movement. Because pre them, it's all witches and burning witches. And anything related to like, yo, you can just talk to the dead is like, no, you can't. You're possessed well, by so- demons. So but it shifted. That, it shifted. Yeah, that's because, the shift, right? Yeah, and it shifted because there was it was a time of high mortality rate. There were yeah. um, six hundred and twenty thousand people died during the Civil War. Six hundred and twenty thousand people died during the war. So there was so much grief so much sadness, so much loss and hurt. And that's not including all of those people that died during slavery either, right? So prior to that, so you have all of these people wanting to connect with their loved ones to know that they're safe, that they, that, that are they whole? Was, was there a place for them to go to? Are they stuck? Are they in heaven? Are they, uh, with people, other loved ones that are crossed over, do they yeah. need something? Like there was just this heavy like the sense of the loss. Time. Yes, that they. With the, the feeling was that like this was so pointless. This can't. This can't well, have meant anything. Like looking, looking at it. Right. So we that high child mortality rate. Like just even Jane Pierce losing. Um, you know, she lost all three of her children, but two of them two of them quite young and then the illnesses it was just you know with willie dying from typhoid the illnesses that were happened back then with children and and that high child mortality rate so all of these grieving people um wanting to connect to the other side so i think that um you know if it started off as a as a real thing for them and then it turned into giving people what they wanted or needed and it really just kind of blew like it really was a whole crazy movement especially if you want to we can we can do a whole episode one one like further down the road if you wanted with um a medium named Mina Crandon, who was actually born in Ontario and she married a, a doctor. That's Ontario. Yeah. Married a doctor from, from Boston and who got connected with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who plays a very big part in the spiritualist movement. And um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at huge, all. Oh, huge, I didn't know that. huge, huge, huge part. 
Um, and he was part of the Scientific Americana um, committee that put out a, a challenge to any of the mediums to prove that they were actually a medium. So they had to go through all of these tests and they included Houdini on part of in that committee in trying to debunk these mediums. And Mina Crandon and Houdini had a very public battle between the two of them and it really does turn into this i like, did i did know about that yeah yeah it turns into this very raunchy you know sort of thing so it's that whole movement was was crazy there was seances in parlors in their homes and then there was seances in the theaters where um you know they they paid money and it was definitely and the psychomantium closets and uh yeah it, all kinds that, of stuff. That's a phrase. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a phrase. Um, yeah. Yeah. We kind of went sideways. That's okay. You want to talk about Luna Park? I I know nothing actually about Luna Park. So when you said Luna Park was on your list of uh, paranormal conspiracies, I didn't even look it up because I wanted you to educate me. This one's really interesting. I I'm, So I'm bad with dates. That's I forgot okay. to write down the year that this happened. If you could fact check the year for me yep. uh, while we're at well, it, uh, I forgot yeah. to write this down. Names, people, places, things, they're in there. Numbers, uh, don't ask me to close the shop and count the cash at night. I'm never going to get it right. Um, the Luna Park crane fire demon is a conspiracy that like hit my ear when I heard it, and it just sticks with me in a way. Um, it's definitely more on like the creepy side, but June, I found it very interesting. I've got it. June 9th, 1979. It was the 70s, but I didn't want to, I, I was confident it was that eight. it was the 70s. Yeah, but I didn't want to deploy it. I didn't, I didn't trust myself. Um, so June 9th, 1978. That's what they're saying. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate you fact checking that date for me. Um, at around 10 o'clock at night, a train fire erupts on an amusement park ride in Australia at Luna Park. The, tr the ride was called the Ghost Train, and it just, like, rolled around the park due to a uh, faulty sprinkler system and low staff and, and other, like, small little, like, conditions like that. Uh, the train burns down with seven people inside of it. Um, including a father and two of his children that were in it was as it, well. So it's a the train was a ride at the park. Yeah, the train was a ride at the park. It was just like okay. a little ride, like like um like Riverside Park. They have a little tiny train that goes around, right? Something like that, but more like an amusement park. Uh, you can just ride the thing called the ghost train. Um, it's really tragic. No one really knows why it burned down. There was suspected arson because the train, the fire erupted like inside the train, but because the system for the sprinklers was installed properly, it didn't get enough coverage and low water pressure. Um, so the coroner concluded that someone burned it down, but it wasn't staff. They had, there was negligence on the staff's part for like safety and security for things like that, but no right. one actually like burned it down. Um, years later, the mother of the two children that were on that train is her name was where my notes. It is Jenny Godson um, is like going through photographs and just trying to like 
learn more about it. I can assume that, you know, when some of that happens and you lose people, you attach yourself to an event like that quite, quite deeply. And she starts going through photographs of, of the day and she finds a photograph that somebody took of her son standing next to a masked, like a bull masked figure, this man in this like really wild suit. You can look it up on, on Google. If you look up the Luna Park train fire demon, uh, it is spooky though. I'm going to like, I'm going to give a little bit of a warning. I've just spun that phone around when I Googled it to my clients and no one's liked it. <laughs> no, it's kind of bad reaction every single time. Um, but there's a man in a like bull mask and like this loincloth and this cloak thing over his shoulders next to her son. No one knows who that guy is. No one knows why he was there. Uh, he appeared before the fire erupted and he left after the fire from like her poking around of what witnesses were saying about it. Um, and the conspiracy. So was, oh, go, go did, ahead, her, go ahead. did her son die? Her son did die. Her di son died on the train. Her, her son was on the train. So was he with another family member or just on the train by himself? He was there with his brother. The, yep. the son was with, there with his brother and the father and the husband of the woman doing the investigation. So did the three of them die? Yeah. Did she, yeah. she lost all three family members. Yeah. In the fire oh. on the train. And then there was like a series of other people that died on the train as well. Okay. Okay. Um. So her last photo of her son is not this, hey, I'm happy I'm at the park. It's, hey, no. I'm with the whatever. Okay, you should, are you at a, you're at the computer. Look it up real quick. Demon if you can type dude. it in. Look up look up the photo so you can see the photo. Uh, the Luna Park train fire demon. Um, I'll, wait for you to, I'll wait for you to see it. I'm, gonna, I'm waiting for the reaction. You'll know when you see it. Look at the images. Oh. <laughs> and then when you see it in black and it's, white, it's even scarier. It's it's incredibly eerie. It's incredibly eerie. Uh, but that is the last photograph of of um, of Jenny Godson's son, and it's next to this unidentified weird man. Now this is where things get kind of weird because um, there's two different directions that the story goes. One direction is that in 2007, a woman named Anne Buckingham. Um, went to the went to like publications saying that it was her uncle that started the fire his name was abe saffron he was a hotel manager and that he was the one who burned down the train because he wanted the lease for luna park um because he was like known as a underground criminal guy um but then later out of nowhere completely retracted all of her statements and backed down on it so that's one angle that that story goes where and that's like a trying to figure out what the heck like mm -hmm. criminally happened, right? The the other where it shifts, the pendulum swings back into the paranormal is people have made connections between the bull masked figure and the demon from Christian mythology, Moloch, which was a bull headed demon um, that people would ritualistically sacrifice children to in burning rituals to appease him. So the theory, right, is that the the whoever that person was burned down the train as a satanic ritual sacrifice to Moloch. And that's when it becomes like a spooky supernatural unsolved mystery. And it's still unsolved. It was like opened up in 2007 when that woman came 
to uh, the press about it, but then nothing came out of it. And then they closed the case again. It remains like a really weird moment of like, no one knows what the heck is about that. Well, there was a huge period of time where there was Satanist hysteria. Oh, yeah. It, like 60s, 70s, the, yeah. and then a little bit into the 80s, a satanic panic. Yeah. And yeah. in that time frame, also when the um, Ouija board hysteria started there too. Yeah. In that time period. But um, definitely that hysteria with... Uh, with Saint. That's uh yeah, so and that's 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 it. That's where that, other, that story ends. Were there other were there other fires? Like yeah, or other um stories it, that connected to, to that one as well, too, or that there's just this one that, and that was it. It was just a weird like, like he shows up like of, Mothman. Right that would be freaky. The, that would be the freaky. disaster. If he showed up like whoever that was or whoever it was showed up at like burning like buildings burning down and then just vanish. Guess- that would be really freaky. I would, I don't like to think about that at all. Mm. Uh, but yeah, um, that's it. That's so weird. Right. Cause but, it's just like, there's an I event and, thinking, and then one yeah. photo. I just keep thinking cold. about it as from a mom's perspective, that that's the last photo you have of your kid with this thing. It's freaky. It's super freaky. Yeah. So not all the ones that I like, and all my favorite conspiracy theories are are, are that one's awesome. Sad, and but that one, it is that, and really, it's but super we're, weird. Uh, so no one has like deep dived into more of those um, stories of anybody doing ritualistic um, practices There's, for that. Oh, they probably can, are. They can link it all together. Yeah, the um, I don't know. I would see those aren't ones that I can, I can, I I think that those ones are disturbing. So I guess they are. You know, in, in my privilege and not wanting to look that way, then I, <laughs> I don't. There's a there's a whole series uh, and a book as well that came out about how the like, Son of Sam killings were linked to like satanic rituals and things so like I've that. I've read a lot about that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that stuff definitely definitely happens. But I'm um, I'm I'm. Yeah, I'm all for a, a good conspiracy, but if there's animals and children that get hurt, I'm like, eek. it's freaky. It's super freaky. Yeah. Um, but that one, that one has always captured my attention. I think it because it has like such direct. Um, uh, what, what would be the right word for it? Like it affected people in a really specific way that just went cold. But it's such a supernatural, bizarre. Did anybody else um, remember seeing that? Uh, from my, from the reading that I did, no, no, there was just a photograph. Wow, weird, right? Super weird. So, who took the picture? I have no idea. I don't think anyone knows. It wasn't the mom. That's what I was gonna say. How did the mom get the picture of her kid if she didn't take? I don't know the either. That's weird too. I don't know how the mom got the photo either. I have questions. So you, if anybody's listening and you have more information. On the Luna Park train fire. Luna Park train fire. The Luna Super Park weird. demon. Yeah. It's what I Google search. Super weird. Um, that but one, that one that gets to me. Yeah, that me. one does. That one gets to me. Yeah. How do you feel about the hollow earth? You think I the earth is hollow? You want to talk about Agartha? 
You want to shift gears real fast? Yeah, we can shift gears. I think I got to turn the light on again. One second. Still on the mic, though. Let's talk about Agartha. I don't know anything about it. You'd have so to tell Agartha me. Is the is the state that exists under the earth. There is a hollow, allegedly a hollow cavern under the earth's surface that um, is a unknown lost continent that still exists. And Where I, all I honestly, I honestly don't know. Like, live? I guess so. <laughs> I honestly don't know like where hollow earth started i don't know if it's adjacent to like flat earth or if it's like um its own thing i don't know if it's where tolkien drew um inspiration for middle earth hmm. um if it's like an old old theory old mythology thing that's always existed um but i do know that there is a theory that in places like antarctica right back to that where there are massive underground caverns and cave networks uh, that connect somewhere, somehow, into a hollow continent. Um, that is a very fun thought to me. And there's theories that, like, the giants exist down there. There's a wild theory that I heard about how the, the um, Neanderthals uh, escaped devastation and extinction by hiding out underneath the surface in the hollow earth where they've maintained um, their species and have been affecting the world's government through some, uh, through like subterfuge. And it's called the paleolithic deep state theory, which is. <laughs> I know nothing about it, but I'm interested. I'm curious to know more. It's uh, me too, actually that one, that one's weird. Cause it feels like it's so vast that it's like hard to like get a read on like what it is. Um, but it is, it is, that ties more into like the theories that, uh, I find really fun, not spooky train demons. Uh, those are, those are interesting too, in their own, like unsolved mystery kind of spooky way or right. like haunting kind of way, but the kind that like, let me look at the earth and I wonder if there's something down there, and uh, do they out. not have, I, I mean, we have internet sleuths, right? But more information is accessible because everything is is captured now. Cell phones, yeah. ring cameras, oh, yeah. everything everything is everything is captured now. So, I mean, our our trail is is easy to to follow. And uh, yes. in that seventies, it's it was definitely not the same. So yeah. it it would be hard even if you were one of those internet sleuths now to go back and dig up some of that um, potential evidence to figure out who that person was. Oh, with the train fire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Who, who had the bull mask on. Maybe he ran down into the hollow earth. Maybe he came up, lit a fire, then escaped back down. I don't know. He seems tall in the photo. He might be a giant. Well, and buff. And buff. Giants are probably buff. You have to be pretty big if you're going to be that big walking. It's a lot. It's just a lot. To move a big body, it, it, it takes a lot of effort. I, uh, yeah. You ripped. I don't know. I don't I, know, Mom. I don't know about the hollow earth either, how I feel about the hollow earth. How do you feel about, yeah, right? So. Um, that one, that one, like, I, I 
just it tickles my brain in a way that if I'm I really guess, fun. and I need to maybe not overthink it because if I'm open to the idea that there's alternate dimensions and alternate realities, why can't there be a hollow earth? <laughs> totally, totally. Why can't there be? And I think that's what I think about with any kind of theory where it's like the second it, it turns into like a theory uh, or something that um, seems slightly supernatural. Right. It's like you, you, where's that line between like, am I romanticizing an idea or am I, am I creating it in my mind? Am I creating it uh, out of imagination or is there like a truth here? And I think my favorite ones, the ones that like leave me with something to think about are the ones that have an element of truth in them. Yeah. Like, um, like if you look up a thing called the eye of the Sahara, which is okay, like, so this I didn't weird... know anything about that. Oh yeah. The, the weird it's, it's in, um, it's in the Sahara desert, right? Like 500 kilometers from the Atlantic ocean. And it's this strange, like formation of the earth of like, four four five like separate rings massive and the outermost rings are are like 40 kilometers long like it's massive massive you can see it from space when you look at google images of it okay uh there's been like tools from various different areas i wrote it down what was the uh the pre-aculean and the neolithic eras there was various stone tools of like uh different origins um that like people have like dug up around there um the theory about it this is and that's what it is you can totally go there you have to get like a sponsor from the area to like bring you there um which is interesting too it's very protected where it turns into like the theory light bulb like goes off right is that it is very similar in its shape as the description of Atlantis that Plato wrote about. Plato wrote that Atlantis when he, did he see it? I don't know, I think he saw it. But it was like uh, a series of islands with uh, a civilization built on each of the islands in like a circular shape that like converged into the middle with moats between them and a long trench through the middle or a long canal that pierced right. all these different islands. And when you look at the eye of the Sahara, you see these rings and these trench shallow trenches where there could be water in a big like thing through the middle where there would be a canal that run from the ocean into uh into this what's called the rakat structure that's what it's like officially called um, right and that when you look at it, it's really interesting because you can see that, like, oh, maybe it didn't so, sink into the ocean like this. Maybe it was, like, pulled. I also um, heard a theory about Atlantis being not just one singular place, but different places that all interconnected and that Atlantis was one bigger place that was created by seven different mages. Oh, interesting. And holy, the holy places, right? That they were these places of um, reverence. And that links up because, like, 40 kilometers is really long. That is a, that is a far enough apart from each other that you could have, like, separate little, like, townships or villages or whatever it would be. Different. Um, and you can see it from hmm. 
like on uh, Google Googlers from above, oh, like how it you, all. You can, yeah, you can absolutely see it if you punch in the eye of the Sahara. You could just see it if you look it up on Google. Do you think on, Plato on could remote view? <laughs> Is Maybe. It downloaded information from aliens. Maybe. Maybe they flew up in the UFO. See, this is why over. conspiracy theories are awesome because you just go, wow, what about maybe this? What about that? Well, the, the, the moment it becomes if, I think, a theory, those the are, becomes, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, the moment it becomes like fantastic, it, you open up the door for like anything to be true inside of it. And yeah. I find that really fun where it's like, is it an arsonist or is it a demon? Or is it uh, just a weird volcanic formation? Or is it a uh, the the last resting site of a ancient civilization that vanished under the ocean? You're like, is oh, it an arsonist that was possessed by a demon and influenced to do it? Hundred <laughs> percent. Is a it a series of circumstances? Yes. Is it a series of strange circumstances in the White House, or is it a a series of influences series due to the the grief of of one mother's loss of her child? That is just yeah. continuing to like ripple through. Yeah. When I was listening to that too, I'm like, sure, there's a demon in the White House and we're going to blame the grieving mothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This is kind of where my saucy brain went first. Like, we're sure uh -huh. there is. We're going to blame the mothers who wanted to, you know, reach out to their children. Yeah, yeah. Somehow the uh, it'll always end up being girls' fault, which, you know, not great. I don't like that. No. No. no, 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 no. So, do your do your clients when you are um, when you're cutting hair and your clients are engaged in those sort of conspiracy uh, conversations with you? Do they come up with other questions and possibilities as well too? Does it turn oh, yeah. into it's, a big it, major deep dive? It totally just sparks it, or we just get like totally sidetracked. Um, some people just laugh and think it's fun. I laugh and I think it's fun. The celebrities, the celebrity ones are pretty fun as well, too. We could do a whole episode just on celebrity. Oh, like, like Elvis not being dead or Tupac working at the DMZ. Um, Elvis, Elvis not dying. How old would he be now? I don't know. If he wasn't dead. I don't think I don't he'd be know. dead of old age. Not that old. I was born in 71, so it was still before my time. So I'm not really, I'm not, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm a, 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 um, a fan, but not that big of a fan to know the date. Because I feel like by now, okay, okay. So I feel like follow me, follow me down this. Elvis didn't if he die. Was eating so all by twenty twenty three, he probably yeah. By now he would be. Yeah, unless yeah. there's some add alien factors to it. Some sort of what's that line from Men in Black? Where it's like Elvis didn't die. He went home. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> right? Yeah. He went home. Yes. There's a lot like that. There's a lot of stories like that. <laughs> so we're I'm just thanks for hanging out with me today. Yeah. No it problem. was fun. It was fun. I, but you just go on and on, and there's so many. I didn't even we didn't get to uh the Denver, Colorado airport. Dang it, we, we didn't uh, actually you're no, right. We didn't, we didn't get to that one at all, but it hits all of the markers of a good uh conspiracy. It's got weird sculptures 
aliens, secret bunkers, secret society. Yeah. That's right. Gargoyles. It's got that big blue and it's like a 9,000 pound, 32 foot tall blue horse structure with glow in the dark red eyeballs that fell over and killed the sculptor that made it. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's so wild to me. That's yeah. so wild to me. Hey, we should have talked about that one sooner. Ah, oh, frick. It's okay. That's okay. There's so there's so many layers to it. There's this, um, you know, people can look at it if they if they don't know much about it. There's um the art and the architecture, it just leads to the conspiracy stories, right? And the conspiracy yeah. theories. There's a mural. And the mural is something about when a child dreams or a child a child dreams of peace something something like that a child dreams of peace and so you see a sleeping child there is a sleeping child as part of this mural but it's this tiny little section to the you know a little bit to the left at the bottom the biggest image on that mural is looks like a nazi war uniform uh, dude oh, with, a ga- with a gas mask holding what? a machine gun and a sword over top of the sleeping child. And That's then so there's, there's this, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a rainbow that looks like, you know, a rainbow, all the colors of the rainbow. And then it's a little bit over the child, but as it gets towards just before the middle and to the rest behind this image that does have some Nazi symbolism to it. Not gonna lie. That's the first thing you, that I, you see when you're looking at it, it fades out. So the rainbow isn't there anymore. So it's like this nightmare on one side and the, you know, but it isn't even a full, it isn't even a full rainbow dreamy happy side because above the child is this woman crying, holding a baby that looks like it's not sleeping. This baby that, this baby that looks like it has died with this row of children going up underneath the rainbow towards the, the yeah. Like it's crazy, hell? crazy, That's crazy. So the Colorado the, International the Airport. What are the chances that, that people linked to secret societies are flying, are like flying through the Colorado airport on their way to uh, Bohemian Grove? Have you heard about Bohemian Grove? Because that one's just real. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's <laughs> just a joke. It's just a joke. I'm just making a joke. But it, anyway, so it's totally real. And and the, there's like footage of like the secret society of, of uh, the global elite praying they, to a giant owl. Like They don't. Well, so the, the owls are a whole other thing, Taylor. And owls are connected ah. to aliens. So then we just go into a bigger story if we tap into that but with with the denver colorado airport or yeah with that airport there are these bunkers that are underneath and these tunnels supposed tunnels and bunkers that um the elite are supposed to go to if the apocalypse ever happens and then somebody else said that there was aliens in it i mean all of it is good marketing for the airport really it's amazing marketing because now i want to go yeah everybody's gonna want to go no, I really want to go. Um, how can, if I mean, you write poetry, you take amazing photographs, you, oh, um, thank you. 
Yeah, you post all of your um, your barbering journey and clients. You post all of that stuff on um, Instagram. How can people find you if they wanted to take a um, creepy peek at the stuff that you do? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at Committing Rhymes. Um, it's just this one page. I just put everything all on there. It's really just a page about everything that I do. It's um, underscore, right? Committing underscore rhymes. Yeah, it's at committing underscore rhymes. Um, used to be a poetry page. Now it's a hair page. Pretty soon it's going to be a, a photography page. Um, it's where I dump my creativity. It's where it all goes. Yeah. Find me there. You can say hi. You can reach out. Yeah, it's brilliant. Cut your hair. Come by the shop. We can talk conspiracy theories. And maybe the in-house ghost will hang out. For a it's little freakiest bit of a thing. That was honestly like the freakiest thing. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for being here. Thanks for hanging out yeah. with me. And I think that we Thank can you. do a round two at some point in time. I would love to. Yeah. I, I think that would be great. So thank you everybody that's been listening uh, to our paranormal um, conspiracy theory chat and just hanging out. Um, thank you so much to the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7 New Orleans. 